welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about Season 4, Episode 8, Star Spangled Banter. It's patriotic. Woo! So if you thought that Will and Grace was going to stop reminding us about how terrible the 2016 election was, <laughs> you're wrong. Well, it's funny when they don't do it on purpose in the past tense episodes. Right. Like, this like is, it's just a total coincidence. It's just like our own historical moment is making us regret anything that has to do with any election ever. <laughs> well, let's read the episode description and then we'll get into it. All right. So this episode, Star Spangled Banter. Will and Grace elect to disagree when it comes to choosing sides during a mayoral election. She supports the Jewish candidate and he's voting for the gay nominee. This episode was just fine for me. Same I, here. I liked it. I don't want to say I didn't like it, but it, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It was just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. It was just fine. Well, and we had two episodes in a row where we really get, like, the emotional depth of these characters. And this was just kind of a, a goofy, funny episode. Right. Which I'm not necessarily opposed to, but I feel like the election angle is, first of all, something we've already seen the show do. Like, right. we, we had an election episode with the tenant board. And so that was fine. Um, but, yeah, it was just it was just fine for me. That's That's where I'm at. So there's two plots that happen in this episode. First of all, the plot we mentioned where Will and Grace are both backing different candidates uh, for the mayoral or city council election. That's the thing. I think in my notes I wrote down city council, and I'm not sure why I wrote that down. But everything that the summaries have said says Mm -hmm. mayor. So we'll confirm that in show notes for you as to what this... What these two were actually running for. Yeah. I don't think we actually know. And the other plot line that we have this week is very unrelated. Um, but it's Jack kind of coming to terms... Not coming to terms with... Acknowledging that Karen and Elliot are not really getting along. And wanting to fix that. But then getting called away for a audition to be a corpse on Six Feet Under. Right. So the whole thing starts with this corpse audition. Because he is like pre-planning his celebratory screening party for once he gets the part. <laughs> and he was telling... Elliot, who he was going to invite, and Elliot was like, oh, you're inviting Karen, and then, like, turns out Elliot doesn't care for Karen, and then, plot twist, Karen, who, you know, is so good with children, just hates Elliot as well, and so, this, the six feet under thing is, like, integral to this plot. Right, because it takes Jack away from the three, the, the, the whole group. Yeah. So he's not there anymore, and Karen and Elliot are just kind of stuck together because, you know, Elliot's a child and Karen is allegedly taking care of him. Right. So essentially, like, Jack is, like, trying to, like, do the thing where he sticks them in a room to make them, like, discuss why they don't get along. Mm -hmm. And at one point, it sounds like this plot may involve a pretend robbery and him wearing pantyhose on his head. (laughs) And, yeah, so he gets called away because his audition for the corpse part gets moved up. And then it sounds like he doesn't even get the corpse part because he was playing dead Except the casting director was really hot, so there was one part of him that wasn't playing dead so well. <laughs> I kind of love that Karen and Elliot got thrown together this week. It's a really a weird combination. Oh, and it's, it, yeah. It also looks like it's going to be a very emotional episode and then kind of pivots in a different way. Yeah, so we get this moment where essentially it breaks down to Elliot doesn't like Karen because he thinks she's really weird. Mm-hmm. And that's just such like a 12-year-old response. Yeah. Like, he's just like, you're weird. You're a weird lady. And like... <laughs> fucking hit the nail right on the head, Elliot. She's yep. freaking weird. Like, this is the most apt description of Karen you can give. And Karen's big issue with Elliot is that he's a goody two-shoes. Right. 
Like he, and then it's it's really cute because he tries to demonstrate how not goody two shoes like he is mm-hmm. by knocking a bunch of stuff to the ground, and she's like, "Pick that up!" And then he goes, "Oh, sorry," and immediately stoops to do it, and she's like, two shoes," <laughs> and it's really kind of cute because they bond over these things like prank phone calls. Right, like the episode kind of has them bond over like. Karen teaching Elliot how to be a little bad. But, yeah. like, there's no consequences of that. Like, I just seen the episode going either way of, like, they get to know each other and they really connect and blah, blah, blah. Or, like, Elliot starts, like, misbehaving in school or, like, doing something really terrible. And it hits this kind of nice middle ground between those two. Yeah, where it's, like, really low-stakes badness. Exactly. Like, it's prank phone calls. And... and they're just, like, making fun of Rosario, who has a cold. Right. Well, okay, I think Rosario strained her back, and that's why she's laid up, but then she also has nasal strips, so... Yeah, I don't, that basically, was Basically, Rosie deserved better than she got in this mm-hmm. episode, and I'm sorry that Karen made a bunch of prank phone calls to her. Also, weird semantic question. My mom always says crank calls, and I always say prank calls. What do you say? Prank calls, but I think crank calls is like a local dialect. Thing. Yeah, because remember there was the crank caller show yeah, way the, back in the day. Yeah, crank yankers. Crank yankers. That was yeah, what that it was. Yeah, it was the prank call show with uh, with puppets. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. My mom is from Chicago, and I wonder if that's maybe like a more localized. I think it's a regional thing. I think yeah. people have different words. But yeah, because I always called them prank calls growing up. Right, and I think they. It's just a coincidence that they rhyme because I think crank mm-hmm. is more like, like oh you're being such a crank I'm being a crankety old man or, or something I don't know did you guys ever do the star 67 trick where it would block your caller ID no, number no I was Elliot I was a goody two shoes oh my god you never made any prank phone calls I probably made like one I don't know oh my god my friends and I used to do that we also used to prank call the operator like we would just like call the operator and do stuff being like it's Mommy. really weird that we were alive when there was an operator we could call. I mean, is there still an operator? I'm sure you could still call an operator. Like, I feel like if you press zero and hit dial, like, someone would answer. Well, but, I guess so. I mean, I also got the police called on me for a prank phone call once. Yeah, that's... Okay. That's the thing that happened. So, like, oh, story time. So, when I was 13 years old, I was at my friend's house, and we had all just watched The Ring, and so we called another friend who we knew had also recently watched The Ring, and we were thinking we were being funny and we were like ha 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 seven days and then hung up and i would like to clarify that i did not make this prank phone call (laughs) i witnessed it and was there for it happening but did not actually make it and so then like a couple of hours later i'm at my parents house and the police show up because this friend's mom had called the cops saying i'd made a death threat (laughs) and i was just like no like it was a movie joke my mom's like do not tell the cops anything because apparently i grew up in like a place where you just don't trust the police so Oh, you mean America? Uh, but yeah, so then my mother told me to lie to the police, so I did. And as I was a minor when this happened, I don't think I can be prosecuted. Hooray! Oh. <laughs> uh, I wasn't under oath. I mean, that's true. There's technically, technically I don't think it's li- illegal to lie to the police. It's technically not. Yes, so. It's illegal to lie under oath, but not Also, to the if the police force no longer exists, I feel like I'm in the clear. Because my hometown doesn't have a police force anymore. I don't feel like you actually are, but let's just move on before you incriminate yourself any further. <laughs> um, the only thing I really loved about this episode, which we kind of touched on, is just how 
12 year old Elliot is he, still. Yeah, he's very like, He's just very blunt. He's very real. Like, he gets excited because Karen has an Xbox. And, like, Karen is having a totally different conversation. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, it's so cute that he's interested in my Xbox. You know, like, her vagina. Yeah. And so then when she, like, picks up the controller later, she's like, oh, this game machine is called an Xbox. (laughs) How convenient. Or what a coincidence or something, you know? Right. It's very funny. But, yeah, he's just, he's very 12. And he's hanging out in Karen's stepkids' game room. Mm -hmm. And the stepkids obviously aren't there because Stan is in jail. And it's not like Karen has custody. So she doesn't see Yeah, they're with the first wife. Yes. Who Karen affectionately refers to as first First wife. wife. Yeah. It's just, it's just a kind of fun energy that it brings to the show whenever Elliot's on, you know? Yeah. He's just this little kid and he's bopping around. And, like, he's got this, like, dad who's gay and his dad's friends and it's like whatever like i'm 12 mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna grow up to be a homophobic asshole but who knows who knows maybe i'll send my kid to conversion camp yeah maybe i won't who knows i think we can officially blame karen for this now yeah it's definitely karen's fault he probably like fixated on her sexually and now he's like "Ooh, i need someone want- like rich and conservative to marry he wanted to play with her xbox uh-huh he didn't get to we can root all of his problems in the present day back to this one episode probably ruined everything Anyways. So, since we're already talking about conservatives, <laughs> let's segue to the political plotline this week, uh, where Will and Grace pretend to be woke, but are actually kind of, like, hitting the snooze button. Yeah, so, basically, it starts with Will coming home to tell Grace that she needs to write him a check because they're supporting a candidate for whatever kind of election we've decided that this is for. Right. And this candidate is gay. And so Grace is like, oh, cool. Like, what are his positions? And Will's <laughs> response a, I think he's a top. <laughs> I think he's a top. Like, and so Grace is like, but like, no, no. Like, what, is, what does he stand for? And he's like, Grace, he's gay. Mm-hmm. And Grace is like, good point. <laughs> right. But then, of course, as this show must do, it twists it because then Grace gets in the elevator with one of her fellow tenants of the building and finds out that his opponent is a Jewish woman. So then, of course, Grace flip-flops and is now supporting the Jewish woman for the exact same reason. Yes. And so she and like her and Will kind of get into, I think the last time we talked about like competing and multiple oppressions, we called it oppression Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. We get some oppression Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Yeah, so we get oppression Yu-Gi-Oh happening again where like Will is like, ugh, gayness trumps girlness. And she's like, ugh, Jewish girlness trumps gayness. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like try to compete to see like who is more oppressed yep. for to upper middle class white people what i also liked about this episode is it takes it kind of one step further like unlike uh, unlike other episodes where you know you hit the same beat over and over again we have oppression Yu-Gi-Oh, and then we have the next step which is both will and grace inviting their respective candidates to have a fundraiser at their house the same night at the same time oh my god it's just it's a glorious clusterfuck mm-hmm. is all i can say it's just it's it's really awkward and uncomfortable because then they both kind of witness each other's intense commitment Mm -hmm. to a screw up yes because like they both watch each other fail and they don't even really get to gloat about it yes because they both are failing at the exact same rate yes which is the best part like they're actually so in sync this episode like they say things at the same time more than once they're having the same idea with two different candidates i'm pretty sure they're serving the same appetizers at the party they're saving the same appetizers like will and grace are completely in sync in that They know nothing about the candidate they're supporting, and they are willing to go to the mat for them. Right. Anyways. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the crux of, like, the moral of the story of this episode. I actually kind of... Will and Grace doesn't always do its, like, moral of the story episodes very well, and I feel like this was a really strong example of them actually doing it right. Yeah. So, essentially, we see, uh, during this big candidate fundraiser party, Will's candidate 
gets up and he's the gay man and he starts talking mm-hmm. and it is progressively revealed that this guy is kind of like a Trumpish conservative. Like yeah. he wants to ship all the homeless people out of New York City and like a log cabin Republican, but like even more intense. Yeah, he starts talking about like getting foreigners out of the country mm-hmm. and it's just it's very uncomfortable for Will to watch. Right. Because Will is clearly like not like the world's most liberal human, but he's clearly liberal leaning right he's just he's not he's not woke enough to like have researched this candidate he's just like obviously a gay man will have the same beliefs as i do because i'm a gay man right and these are my beliefs yeah and he essentially kind of like plays into the whole like the the same reason that we saw a lot of uninformed voters vote for donald trump i think was this idea that it's like oh well he's like me in this like core way so obviously Mm -hmm. all of our beliefs are similar and then that's blown up in their face well and i think the same thing happened on the democratic side too with both bernie sanders and hillary clinton like a lot of people voting for those candidates based on identity politics yeah absolutely and so then we see the same thing happen with grace where the candidate that she's backing the jewish woman opens up her speech by saying i'm so glad to see so many white faces here tonight which is Not to play a pressure in Yu-Gi-Oh, but, like, the reverse game. But, like, that's actually even bolder than the other one. Yeah. Like, there's a mean case to make for, like, you know, nativism. It's it's horrible and monstrous, but, like, opening with, like... Racism. Racism Just is, like, that's a racism. lot. That's a lot, a lot. Yeah. So, essentially, we learned that both candidates are complete garbage. And if Will and Grace had done any research at all, yes. they could have thrown their support behind a worthier candidate. <laughs> like, Or just not thrown parties for them. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least they cancel each other out. Like, right. they, kind of. They both get really involved in these campaigns. They're mm-hmm. giving money. They're throwing parties. Like, they're clearly, like, throwing their whatever clout they have in their respective communities. Right behind these candidates without knowing who they are. And that's frustrating as hell, especially in the political climate we're watching from Mm -hmm. now, where it's like, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I think this episode, like, it's interesting to watch from the present day because, like, there's a line at the very end where Willie Grace are like, remember when election day was fun? Oh, my God. And, like, it's just, it's so weird to watch in the present moment because, like, they're clearly just talking about, like, their own mistakes and their own being dumb mm-hmm. and like, oh, well, we threw our hats behind these candidates. But it's really a line that resonates now. Oh, my God. It's such a fucking mood. Like, like that's a line that could be said in the current season of Will and Grace, which is extremely politically motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are easily more liberal than they ever have been. I mean, even Karen is more liberal than she's ever been. Right. And, like, she's liberal in a way that, like, she's, like, accidentally on purpose making fun of Trump all the time. Yes, exactly. And it's really it's really great to see because Will and Grace itself has like attempted to become more politically engaged and mm-hmm. have more of like not necessarily I don't know if I want to call it an agenda but at least a like a bent. I'm not I'm going to disagree with you. I would absolutely call it an agenda. I mean, admittedly, the first episode of the revival did take them to the White House to see Grace yeah. redecorate the White House. I mean, I think even more than you know, it's it's a network sitcom, so you wouldn't think it would be as political as it is. I mm-hmm. think it's so political, given that it's on basic television, that we have to call it an agenda. I for mean, better or for worse. Right. Mostly for better. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, though, when you think about it, cable television, like, network television itself has kind of, like, really become a springboard for political conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about late night TV nowadays, like, mm-hmm. all talk shows are, like, half politics. Or they are third in the ratings. Jimmy Fallon. No one's talking to you, Jimmy Fallon. You had Trump on your show and you suck. <laughs> um, it's just, it's in the air. And it's it's part of the reason I think that Will and Grace has been so successful. Mm-hmm. Because even though it wasn't a political show, 
there were a lot of politics surrounding the show. Like, right. I, I would say the show itself is pretty apolitical, except in this exception. Yeah. But this moral is more like learn who your candidates are and vote for right. the right person, not vote for the right progressive person. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, yeah. Like, I, I would say that definitely this episode that we watched for this week is still pretty apolitical. Like, we don't mm-hmm. find out any of the positions for, like, worthier candidates. Now, to be fair, in the modern era, not wanting to throw out immigrants and only liking white people, like, those are definitely political positions. But that's sad. We shouldn't right. be excited about that. These should not be considered political positions. Those things should all just be things that we don't do. Right. And I think that's... One of the things about the episode that's also very weird is, like, having to see basically the same arguments that get made in the present era get made by these people yeah. 15 years ago. Right. These candidates are both essentially making Make America Great Again arguments, mm-hmm. and that makes me want to vomit. 15 years early, yep. Yeah, because, like, it kind of, like, also, like, describes this sort of conservative underbelly that, like, just went unrecognized so much mm-hmm. during the Obama era yep. that, like... I think that a lot of liberals, like myself included, just weren't paying attention to it. Yep. And then we all got fucked yeah. when the election time rolled around because we weren't aware and we weren't aggressively taking those ideals down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I think that current like revival Will and Grace does a really good job of bringing in that element of like these things are things that are mm-hmm. happening and we can make fun of them and make them funny but mm-hmm. they're real and we need to be aware well and i i'm glad that past tense will and grace doesn't do this a lot because the way the show is structured at the moment it just doesn't really have the bench to do mm-hmm. that absolutely I mean, and, and i think it's it's really hitting most of these same ideas completely on accident mm-hmm. you know like it's not setting out to make a point about like the secret you know, motivations of conservatism, you know, I like, mean, of course not. Like this episode aired like a few weeks after nine 11. Like that was like mm-hmm. one of like the biggest, like booms of like patriotism that this country has seen in the last like hundred years. Like right. obviously this wasn't like critiquing conservatism at this point. Right. Like it was just like critiquing voting for people that you know nothing about. Right. Well, and, and the other weird thing is like thinking about this episode, like in a certain terrible sense, like, these are, like, the least hot-button conservative uh, opinions you could have in 2001. I mean, yeah. like, if, if Will and Grace, like, really wanted to go there, there is all sorts of things about terrorism, about Muslims, about national security that, like, these these terrible candidates could have had. And they picked, like, oh, well, let's go with, like, immigration and racism. Those are so off the radar right now. Right. I mean, like, and it's entirely possible that this episode was recorded prior to 9-11 so that those things wouldn't have necessarily been on the table. Yeah. But but they, it's still, they could I mean, have easily pulled it out of production order and reshot some scenes yeah. and, like, put it back in to make it a little bit more of a, like, salient mm-hmm. discussion. But instead they went with, like, really polarizing things that, like, the the idea being that, like, everyone agrees that these are bad. Which, <laughs> obviously, looking at this from 2017, we know that not everybody agrees that mm-hmm. these things are bad. Also, do you think that there is a drinking game of our listeners waiting to see how many times that I bring up 9-11 in this season? Because there really should there be. There really should be. So, if you guys want to start that drinking game, just, like, Tess brings up 9-11 apropos of nothing. Or <laughs> Tess brings up... A- 9-11, even though it's relevant, but she probably shouldn't. Like, <laughs> it's fine. You can make that drinking game. I, I will support you. Uh, well, I think that's pretty much all we have for this week. Yeah, I think so. Um, hopefully you've gotten your political fix from us this week. If not, Bush did 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you where to yell at us on social media now. <laughs> 
So if you're tired of us talking about 9-11, or if you have some other salient points about Will and Grace you want to share. It was an inside job. The best place to find us is on Twitter, at NotACoupleShow. You can also send us an email at NotACoublePodcast at gmail.com. Or seek us out on Facebook, Medium, Tumblr, or on or on iTunes or Podbean, where we host our show. Yay! All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and for putting up with our politics. Just as a reminder, next week's episode will be a double episode. It's the Will and Grace Season 4 Thanksgiving episode coming to you like two weeks late. Thanksgiving in December. Thanksgiving in December. It's better than regular Thanksgiving because... <laughs> Finals. I I don't know. That's Tess is really stressed out, guys. What? Nine eleven was an inside job. All right. Um... Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm raining it back in. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening again. Let me try that again without laughing. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you have a great week. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been not a couple. Bye bye. Bye bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one very bendy kitten cat. Eliza is getting great pets right now. This week's episode was brought to you by the Xbox. Xbox, who probably didn't appreciate their very sexual product placement this week.